Good morning, everybody. There we go. All right, we are in Galatians chapter 5 this morning. I uh, hope you had a good uh, 4th of July. Uh, again, this is one of those I did not plan, but today we're talking, at, uh, talking about Christian liberty um, and freedom we have and, and how all that fits together. Uh, as we do each week, we'll start with reading last week's text. So Galatians chapter 4, verses 21 through 31, that's on your handout. If you want to follow along, verse 21 says, Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman, who was that? Hagar. Hagar was the bondwoman. And who was he who was of her? Ishmael. Ishmael, there you go, was born according to the flesh. And he of the free woman, who was the free woman? Sarah. And uh, he was Isaac, okay, uh, through promise which things are symbolic. For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar, for this is Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. Um, you who are not in labor. I bet Carrie Harness can say amen to that right now. Uh, baby Owen was born this morning, healthy and happy, uh, so everything's good there. And uh, we're back to verse 27. For the desolate has many more children that she has been, than she has, uh, who has been a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Paul is making it abundantly clear that we are not under the law. We are under grace. This is a new paradigm. So one of the original knowledge objectives that we have when we set out to look through Galatians uh, was to understand more fully the terms justification by faith and Christian liberty. And we've looked at justification by faith in the last few weeks, and today is what Christian liberty is all about. So uh, if you look at your outline there, uh, Grace and the Lawyer, this is Paul. He's making a personal appeal. That's chapters 1 and 2. Uh, Grace and the Law, the theological appeal, chapters 3 and 4. And then Grace and the Life, this is the application appeal, Galatians 5 and 6. So First two chapters of Galatians, Paul basically says, this is who I am and this is why you should listen to me. The next two chapters are, here's the theology that I'm going to teach you. And chapters 5 and 6 is, now this is what you have to do with it. This is why it makes a difference. This is the change that you should see in your life as a result of this doctrine. So chapters 1 through 4 are really setting us up for... So what are we supposed to do with that? And that's chapters 5 and 6. So we'll spend July and August looking at chapters 5 and 6. So... Galatians 5, verse 1. Here we go. Stand fast. Does anybody else have a different translation on that in your copy of the scripture? Stand, Siri had one, I think. I heard the beep. Um, does anybody have one? Stand firm. That's good. Anybody else? Stand strong. All right. Yeah. The, uh, it, this is an imperative. It's a command. It means to be stationary, to stand still. Here's your, here's your word. Persevere. Persevere. So if I tell you to stand strong, so somebody give me, uh, somebody be my, my guinea pig today and stand strong. Who wants to do that for me? Anyway, Dave, stand strong for me. He's ready. Now, now he's, he's actually braced himself. Uh, Dave, you're a what degree black belt in Taekwondo? 
third degree black belt. Yeah, so Dave knows not to just kind of sit back on his heels and stick his chin out and get knocked out like Anderson Silva did last night. He knows that you better be ready when you're in a fight. You brace yourself. You, you put your feet a certain way. You stand strong. This is not flippant. This is with a very specific purpose. Now he's already backslid on me. Dave, can you please stand strong? Thank you. There we go. The word is persevere. It does not mean to sit down after 10 seconds. It means keep it up. Now, who are the Galatians? Who is Paul writing to the Galatian churches about? Who does he say are the dangerous people around them? The Judaizers, right? The Judaizers are saying, come over here and be part of the Old Testament law with us. Keep the law. And he's saying, stand strong against the Judaizers, against this doctrine, against this theology that's trying to creep in and change how you do life. Stand fast, therefore, in the what? In the liberty. This was July the 4th week, right? This is liberty. This is about freedom. So what's this liberty about? By which Christ has made us free. So he says, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. So we'll do a couple of analogies this morning. So we'll pretend that the green meadow is the freedom in Christ. So you want to stand over here. There you go. All right. So how did Dave get placed into freedom in Christ? I chose my words very carefully there. By faith. And who placed him there, darling? Jesus put him there, right? We don't get to, on our own, jump over into Christian liberty and go, Yay, it's all me. woo Rocky, here's the pose, right? No. Somebody takes us and moves us into a position of safety and protection and freedom. Because out here, all you pagans are in the law, right? You're under that yoke of bondage, right? He's safe. And what does Jesus tell him to do? He says, stand firm. He says, persevere. Persevere in the liberty, which kind of sounds weird, right? Because if it's freedom, why do you have to persevere with freedom? Isn't freedom free? No, it's not free. Doug, would you say, think that freedom is free? No. no. How many years have you served in our military? Uh, more than 15. Okay, we'll just say, oh, yeah. How to, how, 35. 35. Really? Dang it. I knew I should. That's awesome. 35. Thank you very much for your service. We appreciate that. Um, and it was no effort at all, right? It was just no problem. It's easy. Every day was a breeze. No family implications whatsoever. I mean, he was home every single night, right? No. Freedom is hard. Freedom takes work. Freedom takes somebody who's willing to persevere. Okay? So, Dave, you didn't put yourself there, but Jesus says, stay to it. Stand firm. All right? So what's the next part of the verse says? By which Christ has made us free. So, so what is Christian liberty? Christian liberty, here's your blank, is about freedom from the law. Is about freedom from the law. Christian liberty is not about, I get to do whatever I want, whenever I want, because I'm free in Christ. No. Christ- Christianity, New Testament Christianity, is all about freedom from the law. It says, and do not be entangled. Literally, this means in a hold. Now, you guys know I'm an MMA fan, right? In a hold. All right, Albert. Because I can... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, I'm, <laughs> Dave, come here, bud. <laughs> Rear naked choke. <clears throat> All right. So in a hold, the proper way to do a rear naked choke is to put your forearm directly against the throat 
of the recipient, and he's going to turn a couple different colors. When done right, when done right, six seconds unconsciousness every time. You can count it. One, two, three, four, five, six. And he's out. And he's out. Now, this is another command. Do not be entangled. Do not be entangled. Do not put yourself in a position where you're going to be put in a hold. Why would we do this, right? So, so here's the analogy that everybody's heard before, right? If this is freedom in Christ, why do I want to lean over the edge and get as close as I can? No. Stand firm. He didn't say lean over the edge. He says stand firm. Don't be put in a hold. Uh, William Tyndale. How many of you ever heard of William Tyndale? Anybody? He wrote a copy of the Bible like five or 600 years ago. He translated it this way. He says, wrap not yourselves again. Don't keep cloaking yourself in this bondage. Don't keep cloaking yourself in this bondage. Because the second Dave steps off this carpet, he's in bondage. And everybody knows that people who are in bondage are in chains, right? Dave leans over and he steps off. And what happens? And he's in chains, right? There you go. Now you're in chains. Let's walk around with this all day, right? It's, it's exactly right. You know, and the devil's over here going, ah, 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 you know, psycho with the knife and the whole nine yards. And, and what happens is, is that we go, you know, we like wearing the chains. We do. Make this look good. Because they make it look good. That's right. Because I can, I can get the chains straight. And, and I, can stand up, I can show everybody how strong I am standing against the weight of those chains. And the reality is, what happens is we begin to hook things onto it, right? Which is what the Old Testament Jews did. They took the beauty of the law, which was summed up in love God and love man, and, and they started hooking things onto it. And they hooked things onto it. And they hooked things onto it. Until it became this debilitatingly crippling thing that nobody could stand under the weight of. And it was horrible. And they took this beautiful way of having a relationship with God and they turned it into legalism. So you want to be in bondage? You get out of the freedom in Christ. You don't want to be in bondage? Don't put yourself in a place where you're going to be put in a hold. Right? So, verse 1. You're worried what I'm going to do with the chains next, aren't you? Are Dave's worried about it? Okay. So do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Here's a quote from Luther. Like the oxen that toil in the yoke all day and in the evening are turned out to graze along the dusty road and at last are marked for slaughter when they can no longer draw the burden, so those who seek to be justified by the law are entangled with the yoke of bondage. And when they have grown old and broken down in the service of the law, they have earned for their perpetual reward God's wrath and everlasting torment. I wish he would just say what he's meaning there, right? Just tell me what you really think there, Luther. Because if you want to wrap yourselves in the law over and over and over again, the result is hell. Let me just be very crystal clear. You either stay in Christian liberty where Jesus puts you, or you can make a choice to reject Jesus and get off into the law. It's a very simple choice. Verse 2. See, see here, indeed, I, Paul, say to you, that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Christ will profit you nothing. And some of you are going, whoa, now, hang on. We went from change to circumcision. What, what happened there, right? Because this is a pretty substantial shift. Well, 
Circumcision was the external sign in the Old Testament that you were going to live under the law. Just like baptism is the external sign in the New Testament that you're going to live under grace. Okay? So anytime you see the word circumcision in the New Testament, it's talking about Judaism, adherence to the law, part of that whole culture. So he says, if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. Here's the blank. We cannot live in both worlds. You cannot live in both worlds. So Dave, put a, put a foot in both for me. So, so here's the reality. He's got half of freedom and half of the law. So how much Jesus does he have? He doesn't. He's trusting in himself. If, if you're over here, you're trusting in yourself. Okay? Uh, <clears throat> Barnes says it's a sign of the new covenant. I'm sorry. The Geneva Study Bible says baptism is a sign of the new covenant just as circumcision was a sign of the old covenant. Here's Calvin's quote. Whoever wants to have a half Christ loses the whole. You don't get halfway. It, what part of Jesus' message at any point in his life makes us think that a little bit in is okay? <laughs> no. You are either cannonballing into the pool or you're outside the gates. One or the other. You're either all in or you're not. So, uh, so Davis could present some problems for some people in the room, right? Because if you read this as a New Testament believer, so for I say Paul say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. So if there happens to be anybody in the room that I'm going to get a little graphic here, there's no kids this morning um, that is circumcised. This does not mean that Jesus is not for you. This is a conscious decision to enter into a relationship with the law type circumcision, not something that was done to you as a small child. So Paul's not saying if we're circumcised we can't have Jesus. He makes himself very clear in Galatians 5, 6. So verse 3, and I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor. So, so if we step off into this space, right, and the chains are wrapped around, I am now chained in bondage and I am a debtor. Anybody ever paid a mortgage payment? You ever feel like you're chained in bondage? Yeah, just a little bit, right? When will it ever end? 2096, right? <laughs> there you go. So you paid off your home in what year? Uh, 2008. 2008. Did it November feel pretty 12. good? November. It was an important date, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Celebrated. There you go. Because the bondage was over. The debt was over. This is pretty cool. So Englishes. That little book that I just gave you this morning, that's how you do it too, by the way, okay? Um, so, verse 3, And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor or obligated to keep, this is in the aorist tense, it's past, present, and future, the whole law. Oh, time out now. Ooh. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. The whole law. What do you mean, Jim? I mean the whole law. So how many Old Testament laws are there? Bible trivia. Here we go. 600 and something, right? Depends on who you argue with. 613. So we've got this idea of the chain. So he's chained up. He's stepped off. He's decided not to follow Jesus. And he's going to keep the whole law. There should be 613 of those, right? There are 613 of these, uh, ecclesiastically speaking. How about that? That'll work. All right. Um. So let's say, but, da- but Dave really only wants to keep like this one and this one and this one, right? That's all he wants to keep because, because we like to be, 
yeah, those are the public ones. Those are the ones that I get to show off and yeah. show everybody how good I am. Um, but the Bible says if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. It's either all or none. So you get them all. All. 613. I would venture to bet you that a third of them you wouldn't even know how to implement right now. You wouldn't even, you're like, I don't know, I think I've ever done that to a goat before. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do I, I'm out, you know. <laughs> I like animals, it's not cool to do that. You know, it's kind of bloody and messy and it's horrible. And we're not under that system. So we can either keep none of them and enjoy freedom in Christ, freedom from the law, freedom to love, freedom in grace, or we can step off the path and keep them all. It's like putting arsenic in a glass of water. Yeah. Um, my dad, <clears throat> I grew up in a 110-year-old uh, uh, house, and it was built uh, by slaves, for slaves, and uh, it had real problems because there was very little maintenance done to it. Um, you guys have heard me tell the caulk story, right? Half the house was held together by caulk. It was great. Uh, you, you joke, we, I wish we'd taken pictures of it because we replaced the siding right before we left and we pulled off all this asbestos siding <clears throat> that I thought was really cool to break and watch the dust billow up. Yeah. I'm just trusting Jesus will take care of that one day. <laughs> um, and it's just sheets and sheets and sheets of caulk. And I'm like, we did put a lot of caulk in those walls, didn't we? That's amazing, you know. But, uh, but with an old farmhouse type house comes a lot of rats. And in Shelbyville, we didn't just have rats. We had gopher rats. You know what gopher rats are? Gopher rats are like uh, small bears um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that think they're bears, and they will charge you. And I got really good with a BB gun because I didn't like gopher rats charging me. And the Dad had a different philosophy. He didn't want to waste the ammunition. He wanted to buy a box of Decon. You ever heard of Decon? You know what this is, a little yellow box? And decon is, if you read the side of the box, 99.995% great food. It's good stuff. 0.005% poison. And a little bit will do you, let me tell you. Because we found a lot of dead gopher rats, because they like that stuff. And a little bit will do you. So we, we get tempted into thinking, well, well I, can, I, can, I can keep this one. I can keep this one, it's okay. No, it's not. You're going to get suckered into this, and it's going to be all of them soon. And we don't want that. I guarantee you don't want that. Imagine 613 of those links around you. No. No. You don't want any part of that. It's, it, it, is it getting heavier? Yeah. It, it's, so you didn't know this, but he gets to wear this until next Sunday morning, right? And then he's going to come back and testify about how this went. So, <clears throat> All right, so verse 3. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor, are obligated to keep the whole law. We're either all in or all out. Those are your blanks. So David Guzik asks a good question. He says, why must we keep the whole law? And he answers it. He says, because if we come to God on the basis of our own law-keeping, then our law-keeping must be perfect. Right? So you guys have heard this before, but how strong is this chain? Strong as its weakest link. So the first time you break one of those laws, you broke them all because the chain doesn't hold anymore. Think about this. Um, salvation is described in many places as 
saving us or preventing us from going to hell. All right, so think about a cliff. Think about a cliff that all of mankind is walking off of, and we decide that we're going to use the law to save us. Okay? So I've got my hand wrapped around this chain, and the other end of that chain is chained to a tree. And it's up to me to make sure I don't break any single one of those links. Because as soon as I break one of those links, I'm a goner. Or Jesus can take care of it. And his blood can cover me, and I can be in the Father's hands and sealed by the Holy Spirit, and he can take care of all the preserving. Mm, I'm going to go with Jesus because I'm pretty sure my chains are going to break at some point because all that happens to that chain is it gets heavier and heavier and heavier because nothing ever comes off. If you've ever lived in a legalistic uh, framework, nothing ever comes off. It only ever gets added. It only ever gets heavier, and your legs will eventually wear out and you're going to hit the ground. Some people call it hitting rock bottom, realizing that they cannot do it on their own. And then you realize, oh, there's a better way. Jesus did the better way. So, verse 4, you have become estranged or inactive or inoperative or idle or null and void. Um, many times I will describe an active devotional life with God as staying plugged into an outlet. If, if, if my body is a laptop computer and I stay plugged into an outlet, I'm good to go, right? I've, I've got power source, I'm, I'm okay. And if I unplug for 30 minutes, I'm okay. Three hours, probably okay. Two days, no, I've got a problem. A month, no way. This word is not just unplugged. This is unplugged and the battery comes out. Have fun surfing the web there, right? No battery, no power source. You have no way to power a relationship. So you have become estranged. Because we decided not to step into grace, you have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. So let me give you a visual. There's a reason I use this chain. Let's say that, uh, you know, because we're all born, like it or not, we're all born on this side of the green meadow town. We are. We're all born over here. We, Jesus has to place us over here through faith. So let's say that we're trying to work out uh, and figure out what we want to do with our salvation, and we decide that we want to wear the chains. I want to wear the chains, right? And at some point, I can't bear the chains anymore, and I'm falling away and falling away. This is not describing somebody who was part of the body of Christ and then somehow managed to trip and fall out. Jesus has us. We're in God's hands, sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's a fact. When you're part of the family of God, it can never be undone. Do you know that in America today, if you adopt someone, you cannot legally write them out of your will? can't happen. If you adopt... Now, I can write my, my blood children. Caleb and Anna Grace can be written out of my will. But I cannot, if I were to adopt someone, I cannot write them out of my will. They have a permanent and perpetual heirship. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah, because we're adopted over here. And when we're adopted, that's it. We're in, period, forever, period. The period is in blood, Jesus' blood. He said that's the end of it. So, if I'm not yet a Christian and I decide to fall away, 
and falling away from this area, okay? To decide, this is the Life Application Study Bible. To, dec- to decide on legalism as the way of salvation is to fall away from grace. It's like throwing away the life preserver when lost at sea. Like, why would you do this? That's your only hope. Don't do that. Verse 5, for we through the Spirit eagerly wait, or we're separated to look patiently for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. It has no power. And you're going, well, time out now, because he spent a lot of time talking about this concept. So, so one's better than the other, right? Nope, doesn't have anything to do with that. Doesn't have anything to do with it. Uh, J. Burton Kaufman says, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is relevant to Christianity. And I say, praise God for that. Right? Because if it's about what I do, then I'm carrying around the chains. If it's about what I haven't done, then I'm carrying around the chains. It's about what Jesus did and trusting in what he did. And David Guzik says, the only harm is trusting something that is completely irrelevant. Because that's dangerous. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Faith working through love. So here's my question for you. Can you see faith working through love? Or can you not see it? Darla thinks you can see it. What do you think? Yes? I got a yes here. Any no's? Faith working through... That's visible stuff, guys. There's going to be some visible evidence. Here's my favorite part of the lesson. That Jesus Christ has come alongside and said, you know what, Dave? You don't have to live this way anymore. Come over here. There's visible evidence that he's not weighed down by that. You see, if the law was the answer, then the cross is not necessary. Okay? If the law was the answer, then the cross is not necessary. So quit keeping the law. Quit being prideful about the thing that is no longer in effect in our lives. This is freedom. I want to do the Braveheart yell, freedom! You know what I'm talking about? Because this is a wonderful place to be. See how green it is over here? The grass is greener on this side of the fence, guys. I'm telling you. That was really theologically awful, wasn't it, Albert? Yep. All right. You're praying for me. He's praying for me. That's good. All right, so Guzik, you have faith? Wonderful, but it must be faith working through love. If your faith doesn't work, it isn't real faith. See, if we just talk about our faith or think about doing something with our faith or hope to do something with our faith, that's not faith. That's not faith at all. If it doesn't work through love, it isn't real faith. But your love alone isn't enough. Your love must also have faith, an abiding trust in who Jesus is and what he did for us. I don't think the next quote's in here, but this is uh, Albert Barnes. He says, A mere intellectual assent to the truth may leave the heart cold and unaffected. You ever met somebody that just believes right here and it never made it to their heart? It's just intellectual. Mere orthodoxy, however bold and self-confident and sound, may not be inconsistent with the contentions and strifes and log, log machines and divisions. That You don't see the word log machines very often, but you know, we'll go with that. The true faith is that which is seen in benevolence, in love to God, in love to all who bear the Christian name, in a readiness to do good to all mankind. This shows that the heart is affected by the faith that is held. 
And it, this is the nature and design of all true religion. So true religion and undefiled is, is this. Somebody finish the verse. Care for the orphans and the widows in distress. Can you see that? Can you see that? Yes. You can, if you can't see your faith, you don't have it. Okay? I hope this is a mirror. Remember a couple weeks ago we held the mirror up? If you can't see your faith, you don't have it. You say, Jim, so what's the point? Well, Christian liberty has nothing to do with doing what I want to do. Right? Because sometimes I want to pick up the chain of the law and waltz around and go, Woo, don't I look good? I kept the law this week. Yeah, buddy. That's awesome. And the reality is, Jesus did all the work. <laughs> he, he drew me. He convicted me. God placed me here. I just believed him, right? Christian liberty has everything to do with Jesus setting me free. Free from bondage to the law. And faith working through love is evidence of Christian liberty. So, so how do I know that I'm over here on this side of the fence, right? Because I can see it. There's some evidence there. So what do I do with that? Well, praise God for freedom from the law. Amen? <laughs> do you want to carry around the chains? Do you, uh, here's a challenge for you. I started doing this a couple years ago. Um, when you read the Old Testament and you come across a law that is a command to keep for the Old Testament Jews, think about that as a chain. And just add it on and add it on and add it on. And think about the fact that Jesus takes that away. It's a beautiful thing. Number two, praise God for Jesus' deliverance. I mean, he, he did the work. And then number three, lovingly work out my faith. Work out my faith. There's got to be some evidence. There's got to be some visible sign that I'm over here and not over here. Amen? All right. So that's the first part. This is the... We've finally gotten into the Christian liberty and what this Galatians letter is all about. So uh, I'm excited about the next five, six weeks, and uh, we'll wrap Galatians up in the next month and a half. So thanks for coming today. Uh, two things at the top of your Sunday school uh, weekly update. So thank you, Dave. Appreciate you up this morning. Um, it really is. It does get heavy. It does get heavy, that chain does. Um, make sure you write your prayer request down on that sheet, um, but also at the top, are ways to sign up for both the Ericsons and the Harnesses. Uh, we're doing meals for both of those. Uh, they've recently had children added, and uh, it's a great way to, to grow the church from within, right? Because they're coming with you on Sunday morning. That's the way that works. Um, and uh, if, if you came in a little bit late, Justin and Carrie did have uh, baby Owen this morning. Everybody's happy and healthy. And uh, they're, I got a text about 6.30 this morning, something like that. Yeah. So uh, they were induced last night at midnight, so things went real quick. So I think she might have been ready. Uh, So keep them in your prayers if you would and uh, pray as a table and you are dismissed. Thanks for coming guys.